Welcome to part two of our depression podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not depression. Not depression. I mean the next episode of our mental health kind of series. But, um, wow, that was rough. (laughs) I think I shall start over. But welcome to the J&JJ show. If you guys haven't listened to part one, go ahead and listen to part one first. It's all about supporting somebody with depression. Thank you so much for listening. And this is part two of how to overcome depression. So hope you guys like it. Before we get started, there is a trigger warning about we do talk about suicide and depression just making you aware of that now but with all of that said let's get started with that i think we can go to how to overcome there's a really good resource that the church has out and i didn't know about this resource but um it like changed my view on on things (laughs) but it's in our gospel library app it's under life help. It's kind of more on the bottom. And then mental health. There's a bunch of things, but it made you cry. It did make me cry. But there's a bunch of like life help stuff, but it's under mental health and I'm talking about the general principles. And it was really interesting to listen to all of the videos and to read this because and have that view of how to how to overcome depression and it was hard for me because I thought overcoming would mean that it wasn't hard that the depression wasn't hard and that it wasn't valid but that is far from the truth wouldn't you agree yeah it was kind of like saying acknowledging that depression is something that can be overcome almost felt hurtful because it wasn't didn't sound like it was validating the pain and how much of a struggle it is Mm -hmm. to overcome but I think that that's not true that you can validate the struggle and also have the hope and faith that it is something that can be overcome yeah yeah okay so the first principle is accept that healing may come in stages and I in the past, I think this also goes with accepting that you can and will and want to be healed. Can, will, and want. In the past, and even now, my pain and suffering can sometimes be my security blanket. And because I've been suffering with this since I was 11 years old, and it's something that's not my friend, but my friend. (laughs) It's just so familiar to me. And it was very, like, there was an uncertainty about being healed and being happy because then I would go, like, but what if I'm sad again? What if I feel those pains again? So all I would do is feel those pains because I would be, like, I'm not disappointed if I'm then healed. And then I go back to the pain. And um, I soon realized, and going through this helped me, to know that it's okay to want to be healed and still acknowledge that it's still a hard trial for you, you know? Yeah. 
and they talk in in the little expert excerpt they talk about the woman who had the issue of blood and how it took she suffered for it for 12 years before Jesus healed her you know and that's a long time 12 years and so knowing that it's okay for healing to come quickly like if it comes quickly awesome you know that's great but just know that it might take 12 years or even a lifetime and until that resurrection where we are healed it might take that long yeah and i think that's another thing with like all these things are like we have to balance two possibilities in our minds you know that in in this case we're validating the possibility of being healed at all mm-hmm. and also that there's choices that we can make today and right now that will move us towards healing and towards peace and mm-hmm. that will help us to function in our lives right now yeah even though healing may like full complete healing may take a lifetime or you know oh yeah that's okay so where does healing come from <laughs> first it comes from the savior we know that the savior heals us and it says in like a broken vessel he talks about jeffrey r holland talks about if you had appendicitis god would accept you to seek a priesthood blessing and get the best medical care available so too with emotional disorders our father in heaven expects us to use all of the marvelous gifts he has provided in this glorious dispensation so healing might for you might be therapy and med and and or medication and that's okay it might be just a priesthood blessing it might let you like it's important to get the healing from other sources other than the gospel you know but just not just the gospel but other resources there's so many resources out there because it is so prevalent in our time and our society today and their gifts there are gifts marvelous gifts that god has provided to us and then just i think we need to be patient patient with ourselves and our brains and knowing that we are doing a lot and that it's hard to be to my brain stopped to fight with our own selves to have this constant battle and to it's okay to take that time that you need. It comes in stages. It's a journey. It is a journey. Number two is mental health challenges have many factors. And I love what it says. Mental health challenges are not a result of sin. It, there's factors of physical or there's factors of genetics, environment, traumatic situation and even our choices sometimes that can result in depression so I think knowing that if you suffer with depression and if you're not feeling the spirit you are not a bad person you know because depression can numb your feelings numb the spirit out and it's hard to feel the spirit and there was a really good example of that I read in the book silent souls weeping it's like a house has a breaker in it and even though electricity may be flowing all the way to the house if the breaker is flipped the lights won't come on but the electricity is there 
and the spirit for us is always there but mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes we have a switch in our brain that is flipped and that we need to meet some needs that will help us to be more receptive to the spirit but that doesn't necessarily mean that those choices are moral choices that we're making that we're doing yeah. something wrong it just means that we need some healing and that will help us yeah at the end it says we should not automatically conclude that a mental health challenge is directly caused by a sin or that it is a character weakness it is not it's a medical disorder something you know? that can happen to us just like breaking an arm or getting in a car accident or yeah you know and i personally am of the belief i i kind of view choices that we make and things that happen to us in a similar light and that if we make a poor choice we're gonna feel just as badly about it you know if we're a good person you know we're trying to be good Mm -hmm. as we would if something bad happened to us and and a lot of times our poor choices we make are are more mistakes or kind of unintentional than they are like oh i'm gonna do something but even if it's i don't know forgive my little tangent but i think we just need to be (laughs) compassionate with ourselves oh yeah and think of a choice as an opportunity a poor choice as an opportunity to make a better choice in the future say Mm -hmm. oh that didn't work for me that's not meeting my needs (laughs) and the same goes for our learning what we need when we're trying to address our mental health as well yeah Yeah, that kind of goes into the third principle. It says, focus on becoming like the Savior rather than simply accomplishing tasks. And when you have depression, it feels like you, simple tasks like getting out of bed is the largest task you'll ever face in your whole entire life sometimes. And even taking a shower and cleaning and doing, doing things so hard major accomplishment yeah 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 it's little things but i like what it says it says we can focus on what we are becoming not just the tasks we are completing and this really helped me when i was in my deep depths of depression that focusing on okay what are the little things i can do and celebrating those little things and like getting out of bed okay I need a chocolate now, (laughs) you know, something like that, like, and telling yourself that I did this and focusing on the next step of that day really helps you when you are going through such a hard time. Breaking it down, because I've noticed something that Jenna does when she's feeling overwhelmed is that she's thinking of everything all at once. Yes. Because that is the best way to do everything all at once. It doesn't work. And I I personally know that when I'm feeling anxiety, and that's something I struggle with, is I, I just get totally paralyzed. Like if I'm going to be late for class, and I have to, you know, it's a 15-minute bike ride, or, or things like that, I just get paralyzed. And I can't move. But the thing that resets me is by choosing to do something that's productive, and then doing what I've chosen to do Mm -hmm. it kind of puts me back in communication with my own reasoning and Mm -hmm. self-respect yeah and I'm like okay I'm in charge of myself I'm okay yeah yeah and noticing that when you do do those things when you do take that shower 
and when you do get up out of bed you recognize that in yourself like that was a big thing for me and I did that and if I can do that maybe I can do this next task that I have going to school you know focusing on the little things so big and it grows yeah little things become big accomplishments it does and that and that doesn't go just for like overcoming mental health challenges and getting out of the hole so to speak it also goes for building upwards yeah and climbing higher because i just want to point that out that's a universal and powerful principle like if you want to run you know it helps to get yourself out the door and go on a walk and when you start walking you'll start running yeah yeah yes I want to share this quote by Renland. It's from a video that says grieving after suicide, but I think it can apply to people with depression. But it says, if the best we can do is to get out of bed in the morning, just know that the Savior is there. He is there to help you. And when I am suffering with depression and stuff, praying to God, saying, okay, I can't do this alone. Help me get out of bed. And constantly having, knowing that Jesus Christ will never forget me. And it's hard in the moment. I say this now, (laughs) but it's really hard in the moment. But I think having faith that maybe if you can't feel him or if you can't feel the spirit, that he is there helping you. And you will look back on this time of your life and you will see little fingerprints of God in your life. Another thing is know your limits. Like, if you know that you can't do everything, right? You have to know your limits, especially when you're depressed and sick. So get better, do self-care, and know that a depressive state can be a warning to your body saying, like, I, like, feel alone or... I don't feel loved or so figuring out what triggered you and what is your body telling you you know being more self-aware having depression has made me more self-aware about myself and therapy has helped that but what you need yeah do you have any thoughts about those things I just want to say that we live in a very victim-based culture it's becoming even more and more so Mm -hmm. but just recognizing that seeing seeing yourself as a victim does not empower you. Yeah. Um, it in fact it gives you an excuse to be powerless, which is what you're feeling, right? You know, when you're depressed, is you're feeling powerless. So in a way, it just justifies the state you're feeling, but it doesn't help you. And mm-hmm. so I think the opposite is to encourage, you know, and to to do those things we talked about, like. Pick a small thing that's helpful and productive to you and do that and recognize that when needs are not being met, it's not just, it's not hopeless. It's not like, oh, I'm not feeling loved, therefore I should just be sad, you know? Yeah. But it's like, okay, so what can I do? And I guess that's all I'm trying to say is focus on what you can do because that is what will help you. And going back to the first thing we said is that it is desirable to be helped. It's desirable to be healed. And when that healing comes from personal experience, it's the best feeling ever. Like, I have a fire in my soul. I'm like, I'm finally myself. Like, I 
finally can live life without having this constant pressure and burden on my soul. I can finally be genuinely happy. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? If you are feeling depressed, (laughs) it, it actually is a good, desirable thing to be healed. Coming from someone who feels you With know that the same. struggle you know to want to want to feel better so yeah it's it's worth it and I'm still learning <laughs> I'm still learning and that doesn't mean that life is perfect you know my life is not perfect I still have depressive episodes sometimes but I'm able to get through it a little bit better yeah because I know that being healed is or the process of being healed is good. There's another thing I just want to add real fast. Is that When we're struggling to do something, we're struggling to believe that A, I can do it, and B, that it will work and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so if we can answer that question for ourselves by increasing our positive experiences with being successful and meeting our own needs, then, then that helps us to know I can do it and it's worth it. Yeah. Yes. Takes time. Takes so much time. <laughs> Practice. Um, number four, we'll move on. Number four is receive the Savior's divine empathy. And I just want to add learning about Jesus's character. Without depression, I wouldn't have known the empathy that the Savior can give to us, the love he can give to us. I have learned so much about my Savior through this trial that I have to go through. And I love this. It says, believe in Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ does not mean that mortal challenges will cease to exist. But we do believe that the Lord can give us strength to meet our challenges. And isn't isn't that beautiful? Pain and suffering helps us to know who our savior is and helps us to be changed and to grow and to evolve you know and i'm not grateful well i'm not happy i have to go through these things that i have to go through but i am grateful for those experiences because i know who my savior is because of those things we pull out the wisdom and like every everything we go through or every mistake that we make whether it's something we do or something that happens to us all brings us wisdom yeah and it can bring us it can work for our good if we give it to the savior and that is an absolute truth yeah in john 2 or no john chapter 9 verse 2 it's when the savior the disciples are asking him about the blind man that he just healed and it says master who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind and jesus answered his disciples and taught them neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of god should be manifested in him manifest in him i love that scripture because it makes it brings just this peace (laughs) that my trials are going to be are going to help others through their trials that my depression is going to help whether that be our kids in the future 
whether that be people now in our ward or in school, like, those people will see God through your your trials if you make it that way. Yeah. If only it's in that it helps you become more like Christ. But I think that can really apply to all our trials that we go through, that the works of God can be manifest. Yeah. Before we go to number five, because that goes perfectly with number five, but I just want to talk about ways that we can learn about the Savior and how we can feel his love. And I wrote down some couple of things, and I would love to hear, like, ideas that you have. But for me, honestly, watching Chosen, I love Chosen. And it just brings the Savior to life. And I think that goes along with reading the scriptures, reading the New Testament, and reading the Book of Mormon. We learn all about the Savior in the Book of Mormon and the New Testament. I have down like priesthood blessings, patriarchal blessings, listening to general conference, consuming good content, going to church, listening to to your favorite hymns, and honestly just praying and asking him, do you love me? And don't forget Christian music. Oh, Christian music. That's listening to good. Oh. Oh, well, listening to your favorite hymns. Christian music. That's for me. But praying to him, asking like, Jesus, do you love me? And I've had many experiences where I felt very unlovable. And I asked, I, that's the only thing I could say in that prayer was, Jesus, do you love me? And every single time I do that, I hear my child, I love you. And those are the type of experiences that help me go on through my depression. But yeah, do it's you a, have... a profound peace. Yeah, yeah. And it it really, like, it does, like the scriptures say, it passes all understanding in that it makes everything worth it, you know? Yeah. It's like you might have gone through the hardest trial that lasted years and then a moment of peace in the temple, kind of akin to, like, what God said to Joseph Smith, my son, peace be unto thy soul. Yeah. Thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. And for your good. Does he yeah. say for your good? An- another one says, and all these things, if you shall pass through the f- fiery furnace, you know, if the very jaws of hell open the mouth after thee, if, you know, and if you're torn from your family and, and you get cast into prison, all these things will work together for your good. And I don't think that there's a more powerful way the Lord could really emphasize that nothing can separate us from his love and and that love really makes everything work for us in in a good way and when you are in this depressed state sometimes the last thing you feel is loved you know you feel very unlovable and so having the strength to be able to pray to god asking him if you love if you love me it gives us the strength to be able to endure and be able to to use our experiences for good. Yeah. Number five. Takes faith. Yeah, it does take faith. Number five and the last one is seek to mourn with those who mourn. It was very interesting to me that this was a part of it. I mean, it makes sense, but it, it's a part of it. But it talks about serving others. And do you have any experiences with this? Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but on my mission, I, I was struggling uh, a lot 
sometimes, but the thing that would help me feel better about myself was when we got out of the apartment and we went and visited some people mm-hmm. and I started to look at other people and what they're struggling with and what they needed and what I could give them instead of thinking, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? Does God love me? And and I hate to say, I hate to, you know, I don't want to say that depression is selfish because that sounds very harsh. But what it, And it's not a character flaw. And it's not a character flaw. It's not like anything that you could be blamed for feeling. Mm-hmm. But what does help is looking outside of yourself. And that is very healing. And it's the last thing you want to do sometimes when you're feeling that way. Oh. It's uh, looking outside of ourselves is uh, very healing to us. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best compliment to ourselves because we're focused on what we can give and what we can do right, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what works. And we're also focusing on, on helping other people. It helps us see the good in ourselves and others. And that's something we all need, especially when we're in a dark place. Yeah. I would like to share an experience that I had in high school, I was able, I had the opportunity to be able to work with people that have dementia and do activities with them. That's all I did with them. <laughs> and it was only the weekend. But high school was really that time where I was super depressed. But I would go to work feeling depressed, but I would serve those that needed it. I would do activities with people with dementia. And that was a pivotal point for me to realize how healing service can be. That I was able to just not think about myself and not think about my struggle that I had. But I was focusing on other people and how can I serve them. And through them, I also felt like my Savior loved me. I was sharing the love of my Savior through to them telling them that oh Jesus loves you you know but not really saying Jesus loves you but just trying that was my focus showing them them. and and then because I did that I was able to get that back I was able to feel that my savior loves me and I think there's this beauty in serving while you're suffering you know yeah hardest thing ever you can do in your life but Jesus was the prime example of it, serving while you're suffering. You know, I never really thought of it that way, but I think that does take faith, and that faith will always be rewarded. Yeah, yes, I agree. And I think you can take it small, little by little. Like, what can I do? If you're married, what can I do for my husband today or your wife today? Or if you're in your family, what can I do for my family today what can I do for my mom today like focusing maybe and maybe just once a week and it doesn't even have to be for another person it can be just something that's productive that's outside yourself like for Mm -hmm. me when I'm really struggling doing a batch of dishes is great you know yeah yeah I think also to be aware of other people who are suffering just like you helps open your eyes helps open your eyes and to reach out and to I like to believe that my struggles 
are too painful to just keep to myself that I need to be sharing them because I want them to be worth it in some way. And having that perspective in mind just has helped me be able to connect with so many other people and connect to my clients, connect to people in our ward. It just helps you become more personable, (laughs) I think. (laughs) And you're able, yeah. Helps you be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And genuine and real. To me, that's a beautiful thing about life. And I think that all, all the trials we go through, the, there's gems of wisdom that we pull out. There is. Treasures of knowledge, maybe. Yeah, treasures of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Promise and... Oh, and word of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to share with that? or? I think that's great. I think that's great, too. Before we end... I would like to share a quote from Jeffrey R. Holland from one of his more recent talks about it's fear, fear not and believe only. I think it was October 2022. But this quote helped me through my deepest, darkest moments of life. And I think it's important to mention that with depression, it can come to suicide suicidal thoughts suicidal actions and if you are feeling that knowing know that you're not alone i suffer from that but and know that other people suffer from it too and that you're lovable and that even though all you can feel sometimes is darkness that that doesn't last forever and that there there is light and that that light comes um with time yeah so this is what he says we must commit ourselves fully to that gift of life and run to the aid of those who are at risk of giving up the sacred gift leaders advisors friends family watch for the signs of depression despair or anything hinting of self-harm offer your help listen, make some kind of intervention as appropriate. To any of our youth out there who are struggling, whatever your concerns or difficulties, death by suicide is manifestly not the answer. It will not relieve the pain that you are feeling or that you think, think that you are causing. In a world that so desperately needs all the light it can get, Please do not minimize the eternal life light God put into your soul before this world was. Talk to someone. Ask for help. Do not destroy a life that Christ gave his life to preserve. You can bear the struggles of this mortal life because we will help you bear them. You are stronger than you think. Help is available from others and especially from God. You are loved and valued and needed. We need you. Fear not. Oh, yeah. It's from Fear Not and Believe Only from Elder Holland. It was April 2022, not October. But um, with that, we'll put uh, all of our resources and any any um, thing that we saw as value that while we were studying into the description. In the show notes. In the show notes. And, Yeah. I just want to put in a little plug for the Full Cup podcast by 
Olivia and Craig Berthold. Just look up the full cup. That really one good. is all about mental health, LDS, but very raw, very real, very down to earth, and very healing. And definitely recommend the Full Cut podcast, which is done by a therapist and his daughter. So very cool stuff. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Next time we will dive a little bit deeper into uh, suicide. Yeah. Um, and prevention and awareness mm-hmm. and we hope that you all can have a great rest of your week yeah have okay. a great day thanks for listening <laughs> bye, bye.